Welcome into the Pro Football Show for this Monday, February 17th. I am Chris Landry, longtime NFL scout, current consultant to NFL teams and college programs. We are fast approaching the combine. We'll be doing the show from there next week. So working a lot on the draft, working a lot on free agency. If you haven't noticed on LandryFootball.com, getting our uh, position grades. Every player in the league graded by their position. How did they stack up? How did they grade this past year? Got that for you. That is essential to our free agent board. We've got free agent scouting reports as well by position. But remember, free agency is different, folks. Players come off the board or go on the board. It's a different process, obviously, than the draft where players are going to be in the draft and they're going to be in the draft until draft weekend. Obviously, free agency, a guy who's a free agent now or is anticipated to be a free agent, some of them won't be. They'll be signed. Um, but you know how they grade it out. But what about the guy that maybe is traded? What about the guy that's maybe is released that you don't think right now he's not a free agent, so you don't, it's not on any free agent list out there. Oh, but you're going to find out, and if you follow our notebook every day, there are a number of those guys. Who they're going to be? Who's going to be cap casuals? Oh, we've got a number of guys that we've gone through and said, look out, may not be there. And if they're not, how do they grade this year? You got it for you. So it's where you want to go uh, to get all the information and take advantage of our scouting season sale. It's the best discount we've ever had. Get it for an entire year. It'll get you through free agency, the draft. If you're a college football fan, all the breakdowns, look ahead to next football season, recruiting information, nuggets, coaching movements on the college and NFL level. Take you all the way through next football season, college, NFL, one-stop shopping football. You get it all. Uh, Much more than for the great, great price of less than $5 a month if you take advantage of that scouting season offer. And we consider scouting season once the football playing season is over. That's what we call scouting season. Hey, we're going to answer your question. Richard has two or three here that we're going to get to pretty early in the show. Uh, We've got some news and notes that we're going to get around to. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on, what's basically happened over the weekend, some draft film room nuggets, some free agent news and ideas and speculations and talks behind the scene. We're going to get into that. Um, and some coaching news as well. So a lot to get to today, and it's all brought to you by 401K Generation. Eddie Rojas and his team of financial professionals brings you this podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you have a business, wish to set up a 401K for your employees, or if you left a job and you, you know, had a 401k and you wish to roll it over to an IRA, they can help you. <clears throat> in fact, if you have any questions on money management, investment inquiries, or want to speak with someone to see if you're on track to your financial goals, Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation is who you need to reach out to today. Call Eddie and his team or text them at 1-866-998-5879. They're licensed in all 50 states. Get your financial checkup today. Get your second opinion today. Get you a financial advisor today that can help you if you don't have one. 1-866-998-5879. License in all 50 states. Check them out. And listen, if you've got a business, you're trying to brand something, promote something, we can absolutely do that for you right here. Just contact us. At LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, send me a note. I'll transfer you over to TJ. He'll be in touch with you and see if it's a fit. See if it's a fit for you, us. We'd like to be able to help you do that. So go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris on the top bar. That's where you can reach me, and I'll get it to TJ. Got a football question like Richard does? Send it to me over at – LandryFootball.com, contact Chris. We will address it right there. And you got to sign up for this podcast. So you can go to LandryFootball.com and get it. It drops every morning. But you want to have it come to your phone. So you can listen to it on your way to work or what have you. Go. 
whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, sign up for Landry Football's conference call. It's where you're going to find all five conference podcasts, the college podcast, five days a week, and it's where you're going to find the NFL podcast. All right, so what's making the news of the weekend? There's been a lot of talk. The um, controversy that won't die, if you will, Miles Garrett. You know the story by now. The ugly incident with Miles Garrett, you know, rearing back his helmet and hitting Mason Rudolph and everything that's taken place. Suspended. Of course, the suspension's over, so he's been talking a little bit. Well, he came out and he made a statement that Mason Rudolph called him the N-word. Now, look, none of us were there on the field. I certainly was not. Wasn't even in the stadium. I don't know what was said or wasn't what wasn't said. I can tell you what has been discussed and investigated by people on the field. Nowhere by anyone on either team, including his teammates of the Cleveland Browns, including many of them that are black as well, none of them said they heard this. There is no audio of any player saying it. And Mike Tomlin came out and defended his player. And there's no doubt that, you know, you can certainly understand or certainly be um, of the mindset that, well, Mike Tomlin's going to defend his player. And, you know, okay, I get that. Um, But he talked to people on the field, including members of the Browns coaching staff and players, and none of them said they heard this. So I I don't know. I'm going to tread here lightly, but I'm just going to say that my gut feeling, and that is all it is. This is Miles Garrett trying to curry a little understanding. You know, trying to, now that the suspension's over, I was wrong. I served my time. But here's why I did it. I, it, it smells to me of something that's not true. Now, Mason Rudolph, Rudolph has said it's 100% not true. No one has come, and Mike Tomlin has supported his player. No one has come out to support Miles Garrett. Now, maybe someone will. Maybe this will be investigated further. Maybe it will be proven that it was said. It, it is difficult to think that somebody else didn't hear it. But who knows? Now the story is, has Miles Garrett opened himself up to litigation for a defamation? I don't know where this is going, but I do think Miles Garrett may have stepped into it a little bit. I think he may have been, again, trying to curry a little understanding by throwing that out, and now he's having to deal with the fact that he's lying. So you did something foolish and dumb. You reacted in a poor way. It certainly more, um, I don't know that it's acceptable, but it's certainly uh, understanding how you could get so upset if you were called that word. But it appears no evidence that you were. And it seems like he stepped his foot in it. We'll see where this goes. I don't know. It's my speculation. It's dangerous to speculate on that. But I hear a lot of things, and he have, he's coming across as a guy that is very disingenuous. And, and, and until we prove otherwise, I, I don't know that there's much there. Some other news around the league that I wanted to get to, some free agent news, is in San Francisco. Um they're in discussions with, uh, obviously, they're late into their off season, as they just got done with the Super Bowl not long ago. They've got Eric Armstead, who has got great versatility to play the edge of Robert Salas' 4-3 defense on early downs and move inside to passing situations. 
started each of the last <clears throat> 35 games, playoffs included for the Niners. <clears throat> Pardon me. And he set the career mark in sacks, 10. Tackles for loss, 11. Quarterback hits, 18. Tackles, 54. Part of that vaunted Niners defensive front. Set for unrestricted free agency. Don't expect them to leave that building. They are going to try to get a deal done. If they can't, they're going to put the tag on them and then work out an extension from there. He is a lot bigger part of that defense than people know. I get it. Nick Bosa is the superstar name there. Eric Armstead kind of makes them go. Now, the running back situation, the halfback situation is interesting. They amassed over 1,000 yards on the season. Um, The team depth was pretty good with Coleman and Breda and Mostert. They all played – well, fresh. They got such a well-designed run game. All of those guys looked really good. Um, Jarrett McKinnon is going to be interesting. He missed the past two seasons with injuries on the team. If he returns on a team-friendly contract, um, they're going to let somebody go. Tevin Coleman could go. Somebody else might go. It's it's a good group of backs. It's none of those guys are special. That system makes guys. It's a running back friendly system. So they're facing a bunch of salary cap decisions. Are the Niners? They could attach a draft pick to a guy like Solomon Thomas <clears throat> to save more than four million dollars in cap space. Since Thomas was selected with third overall pick in the seventeen draft, his entire contract is guaranteed, and the Niners cannot gain any cap relief from releasing him. However, if he were traded, his dead cap hit would be cut in half, saving the team half of a $9 million cap hit. So we'll see. He's has value there, but they're certainly having to look at a number of situations because the assumption is that's a really good team. They are. It's a good assumption. But the assumption is, boy, they're making their way back and they're going to be able to – not so easy. Got a lot of moving parts as every team does this time of year. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. We've talked about him a bunch to this point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Talking to a lot of people in the league, they they're differing opinions on whether he is capable of being a starter, whether he's ready to be a starter, or what the circumstances are. It's going to be quite interesting to see what movement goes there. Tom Brady, the latest there. There's no movement in contract talks by the Patriots with Tom Brady. Got a month to hammer out a deal before the legal tamping period begins March 16th. There is definite discussion. John Gruden driving it, obviously, as he makes all the football decisions in the Raiders organization. He would, as he always... Is there a quarterback that John Gruden doesn't fall in love with? But they're interested in putting together a deal, maybe as much as $30 million a year, year, two-year guarantee uh, to try to be the headline guy in Vegas. You know, we've got Vegas. they got to have a headliner, right? Uh, That would be a headliner. They're looking for that, but they're looking for a guy that maybe could be a difference maker. It would be interesting to see. I don't know that it will go very far, but they have an interest. And they're definitely trying to put a package together. We'll see. Still think the Patriots are the likely return because the owner wants it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Some other news in New England is about Marcus Cannon. There was reports that he's retiring. There's nothing to that, checking into it. Um, Sunday, you know, it was like confirmed that uh, he's not retiring at all. Uh, just an internet hype. Cannon, of course, was selected in the fifth round of the 11 draft. <coughs> Excuse me. He's really a good steal for them. He's been the swing tackle uh, until 15, then became the permanent starter. Um, he's coming back. Never been any thoughts of him retiring. Now, Joe Thune, the starting guard, set for one of the starting guards, is set for unrestricted free agency. So, We'll see. Somebody will probably offer him more money, and they will 
uh, either get him on their deal or they'll move on from him. There's been a lot of chatter in New York with the Jets about inside linebacker Avery Williamson potentially being released as a cap casualty. Could save $6.5 million. But I think there's maybe a better chance that the cornerback Tremaine Johnson and the guard Brian Winters could be um, let go. Probably the more likely scenario. But Neville Hewitt, who's set to for free agency as well, played well following Williamson's ACA tail, uh, tear. So we'll see whether they can get a good deal on him. If not, then I think he could be a cap casualty. Compromise would be at lower cost deal, but he's a proven contributor, and I don't know that he's going to be <clears throat> moved completely or let go completely. The Jets... Of course, you know, they had two picks they gave up in order to acquire Leonard Williams. Um, he's set to be a free agent. Don't think he's going to be a free agent. Uh, the transition tag would extend uh, a one-year tender of the average top ten. The franchise tag would be one year, $15 million. The hopes they can get an extension before the summer deadline. Um, the transition tag's $12 million. Giants can match any offer, but they'd receive um, no compensation if they decline. So we'll see. Um, he's really good run defender. Um, you don't want to come away empty-handed. Um, so I think that he's going to return, and they'll figure that out. If not, they'll be, well, as they're always scrutinized in New York, but even more so here at the Giants. Also, let's look and see what they do with Alex Ogletree, uh, Rhett Ellison, defensive end Kareem Martin, safety Anton Bethay. <clears throat> Those four cuts could save $20 million of cap room, though the dead money charges could be even steeper. Other big names like left tackle Nate Solder and wide receiver Golden Fate in theory could be dropped, but Giants are likely to keep both those guys. I can say this. They are definitely in a rebuilding mode, and they're, I think, going to have to be more patient with their new coach, Joe Judge, than they were with Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer. Free agent Joe Sherbert with the Browns says he expects Browns GM Andrew Berry to contact him about an extension over the next couple of weeks. We shall see how that plays out. Remember, the combine is also – little bit of a period of negotiation, getting things lined up to, and you know, deals and whatnot. So a lot goes on at the Combine. Don't be surprised. I'd leave it as a small window of possibility that the Jags don't pick up the fifth-year option for Leonard Fournette. Heard that anywhere? Think they will, but not a guarantee. Carries a $10.1 million price tag, top 10 pick, injury risk, limited cap space, bad conditioning, been a bad attitude guy, got issues. How's this for word out of Tampa Bay? Bruce Arians doing everything he can to move on from Jameis Winston. That's right. He just has had him for one year. Doesn't feel comfortable that he's going to be anything other than a guy that just makes way too many mistakes. Uh, he's tough to – the word is it's tough to get him to understand and to stop making the same mistakes over and over again. So that's where Bruce wants to go. Now, of course, you've got to have another option. You've got to secure another option. So he is not going to come out and say, no, would he do it anyway? I'm, I want to move on from this guy. Um, he'd like to see if they could get somebody else. Now, if you listen to his public comments, he certainly hasn't done anything to support but I, I think what he's doing in his public comments is trying to leave the door open to any decision they make. They move on from him or they move on with him. I don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you that Bruce would like to move on. I know that 
Brady's not going to go there. Tannehill, Bridgewater, he'd like to have. But Winston, ironically, is the guy that can go downfield like Bruce likes. I think it speaks volumes that Bruce just not thrilled with the guy. Because he came in with the ideas that he really liked Winston, big fan of Winston all year long. He supported Winston. He made excuses. Every interception, it was somebody else's fault, not Winston's. That's what he said publicly. But behind the scenes, he's had a hard time coaching him, is what staff there has been telling me. The Bucks do have an interest in free agent strong safety Tony Jefferson. Jefferson's October ACL limited him to five games this year. The Ravens released him over the weekend or late last week. Had that in our notebook as a cap casualty, but there should be some interest, and if he can stay healthy, he's got ties to Bruce Arians, who he was drafted by, and he played four seasons under. He's aggressive. Interesting to see. Um, The Texans haven't ruled out the possibility of re-signing Vernon Hargraves at a lower price. He was cut to avoid $9.6 million fifth-year option. They were never going to pick that up. He He could be brought back at a lower price, though. We'll see how that plays out. The Jets are not likely to re-sign impending free agent Robbie Anderson. A lot that's been out there. He's expected to receive 13 to $15 million in a multi-year pack. The Jets would prefer to sign him for just under $10 million. So, um, you know, I think that's far-fetched and unlikely to happen. Impending free agent defensive tackle John Jenkins hopes to re-sign with the Dolphins. He made five starts, played 43% of the snaps, Semi-regular role with them. Uh, bringing them back would give them some leadership on their defensive line, 30 years old. Uh, Rashad Penny with the knee has been cleared to rehab work. He was able to use a stationary bike for the first time since undergoing knee surgery. It's a good first step. It's not quite developed as they had hoped. The Lions' Ty Johnson won't be guaranteed a roster spot going into training camp, I can tell you that. Um, he had more than a part-time role as a rookie despite on Johnson missing half the season to a knee injury. He will enter training camp behind Johnson and Bo Scarborough and uh, Bo Scarborough, <coughs> excuse me, and potentially Wes Hill. So uh, it's um uphill battle for young Ty. The Bills are a team to look out for with Josh Norman. Uh, let me just say this. Certainly Sean McDermott is familiar with him. He played for Sean during his time at Carolina when he was the defense coordinator and Norman was there. Bills are in the market for a number two corner with Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson, both free agents. So Norman to Buffalo makes some sense. Depends on how they see him. Um, the Browns, I'm told, are going to consider trading David Njoko this offseason. Um, uh, you know, new front office has never really clicked in with Baker Mayfield. Thought he would end up being a real positive impact for him. Thought it was a good pick when they took him. It just hadn't worked out. Cardinals GM Steve Keim has been very optimistic about re-signing left tackle D.J. Humphreys. Had a rebound year in 2019, staying healthy for all 16 games. They look at him as a building block. Uh, don't want to let him walk 26 years old. Can probably get about $13.5 million a year. Um, in that range that Donovan Smith got from the Bucks last year. Jaguars' Marquise Lee is another candidate for offseason release. He played just um, – Three games last year before going on IR. 49ers could release Ethan Westbrooks. We'll see if that happens. Signed a one-year contract. Um, they went ahead and released him. The Texans released Vernon Hargraves. We talked a little bit about that. And, of course, uh, Quan Alexander's had uh, off-season surgery. You mentioned Tony Jefferson being released. The NFL suspended Ravens offensive lineman James, Smith for, James Hurst for four games for violating the PED policy. Uh, the Cardinals uh, tell me they definitely want to keep Ke- um, Kenyon Drake. Uh, the tag is an option. Got David Johnson, of course, but they want this guy. They want to be more of a running team, and Drake was a real big hit for them. Uh, it doesn't look like to me that the Redskins are going to retain Jordan Reed. They've been cleaning house, uh, released Josh Norman and Paul Richardson. Uh, you know, we'll see where they go, but I don't see Jordan Reed part of the issue. Again, Richardson's gone. Um, get back to the um, Cardinals. 
cutting David Johnson, releasing him is not an option, and they definitely want to get a deal done with um, Patrick Peterson. Uh, Greg Olson still trying to decide, uh, negotiating with the Bills, Redskins, Seahawks. You'd have something there. Some coaching news. Eagles coach Stu Staley inquired about the running back position at South Carolina. Um, he was reportedly rebuffed after reaching out to Will Muschamp, but um, he's grown impatient a little bit. And I'm curious to see. I think it was more of an indication to show his displeasure for not moving up the ladder and having more of a role in uh, the coordinator um, situation, which is definitely a concern for young guys in that position. Some draft news I wanted to mention along some film room notes. Uh, a couple of tight ends, and I do think that Adam Troutman, the most athletic-looking tight end, he's to get out of Dayton. We a Dayton we told you about. We had on LandryFootball.com is an 6'6", 253, outstanding move tight end. Needs to add some strength, but uh, can't wait to get a chance to see where we have him on the board and where uh, what our scouting report's going to look like in detail. It's a really good one. I do like Cole Komet out of Notre Dame as well. Really good ball skills and body control. Got to improve his um, blocking as well. 6'6", 255. So it's interesting they look the same. One of them went to Notre Dame, one of them went to Dayton, and probably the guy at Dayton's going to go higher. Just goes to show you, can't scout the helmet, got to scout the player. Do like Austin Jackson. I thought he was one of the real bright spots for USC this past year. Like his foot quickness, think he's going to be really good. Um, some Penn State, Robert Winster, some notes coming out of there about not real good. Listen, let me tell you this. The guy is a high-motor guy. You know, he understands blocking angles and leverage. He's got a really good attitude. He's not a guy that's going to anchor versus power, not going to be able to get free against double teams, not going to be able to push versus double teams, not going to be able to split the gap and get upfield. But this guy is a try-hard <clears throat> role player, um, and I think he's got that. Just because he's not in first, second round doesn't mean the guy can't play. I think this guy's a day three candidate, and I'd love to have him somewhere in the fourth, fifth round if he were there. Antoine Winfield, you remember his dad, Antoine Winfield? Antoine Winfield, Jr., talked about him all summer. Love this guy's instincts, his versatility. He can play outside, he can play inside, I think he can play safety. 5'10", 206, really good-looking player. A uh, couple of offensive linemen, Tristan Wirfs of Iowa, 6'5", 320, moves very well, like his hand placement, both the run and pass game, like his position versatility, like his toughness. Um, Tyler Biotic at center, I think really rock solid. He understands angles and leverage, good quickness to replace his hands, got strength to turn defender. I think he's good second-round value. Thought he was as good as any center in the country this past year. College football is really good. Some people are down on Utah linebacker Francis Bernard. I think he's going to be a good high-energy, high-motor special teams player. I'm concerned about him off the field. Had, you know, a DUI and had a couple of violations. They got him suspended from BYU. But remember, you know, if you get caught drinking, you, you're gone from BYU. So I don't know that this kid's a bad kid. This kid just doesn't have great movement skills, but a high-motor guy, good toughness. I think he's a small-area space player and a good special teams player. Eno Benjamin uh, has been knocked a little bit um, by some people. I think the guy's good back. I think he can get upfield. I think he's not a difference maker, but I think he's a rotational back that can play. He's come out of a spread spread scheme, and I think he's got good speed. I really like Houston's tackle, Josh Jones. Six, six and a half, 310. We'll get the official numbers at the combine. Started at guard at Houston. Played for a bunch of different line coaches. <clears throat> really good natural pass protector. Slides and recovers well. I thought he was the best offensive lineman at the Senior Bowl. He's a make-it NFL prospect. Got to get a little bit strong in the run game, but I, I think he's more advanced than most for the pass game than most kids coming out. Uh, Andrew Thomas of Georgia, much more known commodity. Not nearly as good as a pass blocker as Josh Jones. Very good run blocker. 
uh, getting knocked because he's not very good in the passing game. Can't slide redirect versus quickness. That's true. But he's a tough kid. He's going to develop. He's going to understand leverage, hand placement a little bit better. And I like his toughness. So I think he'll be an outstanding guard, if not a good right tackle in the league. There are some limitations in pass protection. There's, there's no question about that. So that's a look at some of the latest uh, nuggets from inside the film room. That'll do it for today. Remember, we'll come back on Wednesday with more information. Actually, I'm sorry. We've got some questions to get to before I call it a day. Richard asks, what was your assessment of Norm Chow as a coach? Well, I like Norm. Norm back from the Hawaii days, Norm in the old BYU days. Certainly did a good job at USC. Good play caller. Um, done a good job pretty much everywhere he's went. Said Belichick usually would have 75 or less players on his draft board. Where'd you get that, Richard? Yeah, I've been explaining that several times. It's obviously where people are hearing it. That's right. He doesn't have many players on the board. Um, when you were in Tennessee, well, it depends. You know, when I was in Cleveland, I was at Tennessee, uh, and when I do it, uh, for teams, I the the guys on the first of all, there's a little bit of a misunderstanding when we say they're on the board. They have more guys than that on the board, but the guys on their main board, which is their top 150, the best overall guys, that's 75. So you've got all the players that are potentially draftable because you need to be aware of them because you're going to play against them if you don't draft them. So everybody has a lot more players than that on the board. But on your draftable board, uh, what I had is everybody that I graded 5-5 um, five, five or better was on the board. So the answer to your question was anybody that graded 5-5, five, five, which is depends on the, how the numbers split. Um, you know, it could be one – 25, 130, could be one. I mean, it just depends on the number. So anybody with a grade of 5.5 five or better would be on my draftable board. And so that, that number will fluctuate a little bit. He asked, what was your scouting evaluation of Joe Montana out of Notre Dame? Uh, Richard, my first year scouting, I saw Joe Montana play, um, but I wasn't scouting in the NFL when Joe Montana came out of Notre Dame in 1979. Um, but I did see him play. Uh, certainly scouted him in the NFL. Um, so I don't have a college scouting report on Joe Montana. My first year with NFL scouting reports on players coming out of the draft was 1982. I asked me about Brian Dawkins out of Clemson. Brian was a really good free safety, rangy uh, safety that was a good tackler, leader, instinctive, played the ball well in the air. Made the checks in the secondary. James Ferrier, what do you think about him coming out of Virginia? Rangy, athletic, could drop in coverage, come off the edge, really good player, had a high grade on him. Joey Galloway out of Ohio State could run. He could run really well. He wasn't a great route runner, but he had good speed. He could run the vertical routes well. He did not <clears throat> gather and change directions very well, but he was very difficult to defend because of his speed. You could get him on a post or a crossing route, and he was tough to defend in man coverage because he had such good speed. So that's a look at Hey, if you got a question you want me to address, go ahead and send it to me, and I will get it done. We'll do it, whether it's on this podcast or any. We will get it for you. Uh, that'll do it for today. We'll be back on Wednesday breaking down the latest in the NFL uh, each and every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and i got to tell you, I'm looking for feedback um, we're trying to, again, we moved it to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, my goal is eventually to probably get the NFL podcast Monday through Friday, uh, each and every day. We shall see how that goes. We're trying to get some stuff done in the background, but there's just a lot of information and that's my goal going forward. But right now we're doing it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll keep you up to date if there's any changes on that. Check out our college podcast every day as we break down the world of college football. Check out our great folks at 401k Generation. Give them a call. They're licensed in all 50 states. Eddie Rojas and his team always there to field your call or text at one 866 
998-5879. Sign up for this podcast on Landry Football's conference call. Wherever you sign up for your podcast, it'll go right to you. And check out our discount over at LandryFootball.com. Scouting season special. That'll get you the best deal we've ever had. It'll get you all the free agent boards, all the draft boards, all the notebooks each and every day, all the recruiting information. One-stop shopping football over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of it today. You won't be disappointed. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you tomorrow on the ACC Football and Beyond and on Wednesday, the Pro Football Show. I am Chris. (laughs) 